mine now. You belong to me. Today we're going to play a new fun game. Yo! Three, Yo. two, one! <laughs> Welcome! Welcome to the Twin Picks Podcast. My name is Abe Froman. <laughs> chica chica. Oh, come on, I've said my name. It's your turn to say a name. What name are you going to say? Patricia. Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Abe Froman and Patricia Ginsberg coming at you from the Twin Picks podcast. Uh, this is our friendship episode. We're going to be talking about Hustlers and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. After that, we're going to be picking our topic and our films for next week. And the final section is Stitch Up, where one of us has to watch a terrible film. And this week, it's me again. And I talk to Zoombies. Before we get to any of that, we just have a little chat about whatever we want. How the devil have you been? I've been pretty crazy this week i've just started a new, a new job so um just uh, learning the system but i feel like I've, I've i think i've finally got there today um so yeah my week's been good a uh, bit of an update with dna uh heritage testing thing mm. it's at the lab so hopefully in about a week or so i can let you guys know what my heritage is so you know if i'm like Two percent Chuck Norris, eighty percent Maltese. So yeah, that's something to look forward to, isn't it? I thought that's quick. I thought I thought uh, it was going to take like six months. I guess you thought it was going to be like a message in a bottle, and I have to slowly go to the US through the. Well, seas. I was thinking that a message in in a bottle would probably be quicker than the the current postal service. So that's <laughs> that's so, actually yeah. quite true. I feel. <laughs> so next week you'll be able to update us on the Halloween episode. Hopefully, yeah, that that would be amazing. How are you, Pete, mate? Not too bad. Just been doing the same old thing, really, watching a load of films, going out for little walks and applying for lots of jobs, which is basically my life at the moment. But um, mm-hmm. films are keeping me sane. I've watched a, a big old chunk of films again. Uh, Twelve, I think okay. I've done this week, actually. I, I started wow. off by... I listened to a few podcasts about Scientology and then I found, fell down a, a Scientology rabbit hole and I watched interviews with David Miscavige and Tom Cruise and podcasts about Dianetics and L. Ron Hubbard and that might come up again later because there is a reason I've sort of been going falling down that rabbit hole. But that's been really interesting. So I've, it's been difficult to peel myself away from that to watch films, but I still managed to watch 12 films. I've been to the first ever um, opening for a, the Scientology I guess church or whatever they call it here in Melbourne. I was working with a. Sorry, you done what? <laughs> well, you, you were talking about Scientology before, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So you've, been, I've just, you've never told me this story. <laughs> uh, it was a job, a really random job, and my boss is like, "Oh, so this is secret gig." And um, I can't tell you about it until like literally like a day or 12 hours beforehand. I was like, all right, cool. And um, and then I was like thinking, oh, you know, there's Logie. Logie's is like um, the uh, TV uh, awards that we have oh, here yeah. in Australia. I was like, oh, maybe it's that or, you know. And then she told me it was the Scientology uh, opening in Melbourne. I was like, oh, this could be interesting. It was yeah, it was a bit bizarre with um with certain things. So I won't go into too much detail. No, but... ask secret. Uh, I mean, did you have to get audited before you went in? Did you check your engrams? 
<laughs> I think they want they they were kind of like talking about it with us and then maybe thinking that we would maybe sign on to be to be really? part of you know, the church. So what did you just sign that billion year contract? They probably looked at my banking account and be like, Oh, it's not really worth it. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> oh, she could only get up to level four. It's not worth it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Why have you never told me this? Why have you never told me this? <laughs> you work for a cult. Oh, no, this podcast's gonna get banned, isn't it? <laughs> it's gonna get removed. If this gets removed, then you know it's all true. They're listening. Side story to Scientology. That's mine. <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> well, I haven't got any cults to talk about, but uh, I did. Yeah, tw- I watched twelve films. So yeah. I started off with Halloween. 2018 a new halloween i watched i watched it and then listened to the gore press episode because their last one was was halloween so i like to do that sometimes watch the film and then listen to an episode of a podcast about it and then i watched a film called the social dilemma uh and this was more of a documentary really on um on netflix yeah and it was kind of like documentary mixed with actors dramatization Actually, do you know um you know Booksmart? You know the the like the the nerdy geeky kid who's the party dude who just wants who has the house the, the party on a boat. Yeah, yeah, him. yeah. <laughs> he was in he was in that uh, documentary as one of the like dramatized ah. fictionalized characters. I put it on by chance, and it was because it's kind of about social media, isn't it? How it sucks you in, and also how much how much you know even. Even your Google search, it will yeah. put certain ads and whatever. Yeah. I've been meaning to watch this doco. I will watch it soon enough. A lot of people have told me about it. The main reason I put it on, it was late at night. I was scrolling through and I thought, oh, I'm going to put this on because then I can make a joke on a podcast about turning it off because there was something going on on Instagram or something. Um, yeah. But honestly, like I started watching it, and I thought it was really, it was really quite interesting um, the way it was done. I'm not usually a fan of when they do dramatizations in these documentaries and stuff. I'm not, a, I don't, I don't hugely enjoy it. But it was done really well, and I like it was used to explain some concepts. Work for me. It was really good. I'd, I'd recommend giving that yeah. a watch if you're even if you're mildly interested. Is it also the amount of like how how much you're like? how many hours and whatever you're spending on it, it talks about that as well? Kind of, kind of. It just really goes into details about how the, the things are designed to keep you engaged. So like if you are if you haven't been on for a while, then maybe you get a little notification that says, oh, so-and-so has popped up because you've spent a long time mm-hmm. looking at those pictures or something like that. So it knows what you're, what's going to suck you in. It's kind of it's kind of common sense, really, when you think about it. You've just got yeah. to assume that your phone is always listening. You just don't do any weird shit. But it still doesn't mean you want to be sort of watched and be on constant surveillance. It does feel a bit um, intrusive, to say the least. But it's the world we live in. If we want to use these smartphones at the moment, what are the options? Hopefully it changes. Mm-hmm. But either it's use your phone responsibly as, as responsibly as you can or throw it in the river and just get a brick phone instead get a brick phone yeah ah and then uh, i moved on to pet cemetery because i finished the book, Ooh, I finished the book yeah. and the book was great um and i watched the remake 20 2019 remake i think it was 2020 now isn't it yeah it is yeah of course it is how could i forget <laughs> 
Um, the film weren't great. It was. It felt very rushed, which is probably a common complaint uh, against adaptations. Um, it had some good ideas. It, it, it was kind of bold. There were. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it kind of was bold. It made a bold. I just keep coming back to the word bold. Just say bold. But yeah, I hated the ending. Hated the ending. I, I thought it was all. I thought it was terrible. Mm. Overall, overall, not great. Um, newsflash: the book is better. Then I watched *The Good Woman Is Hard to Find*, which was very good. I recommend that. Um, then I thought I would give *Spider-Man: Far From Home* another go because I saw it at cinema. I didn't enjoy it very much, and I still didn't enjoy it very much. So, might be watching that again. Uh, *Just Mercy*, courtroom drama with Jamie Fox and Michael B. Jordan. That was uh, really yes. good. Yeah, really interesting heartbreaking story um true story and done really well uh, yes true story true story wow. about a, a dude on death row who is innocent and about the kind of hoops that everyone had to jump through to try and get him out a couple more films i watched come to daddy with elijah wood which was very again very good i watched a film called ma it was all right don't like pay to watch it wait for it to come on streaming somewhere it is on streaming oh is it well i'm pretty sure it's on prime here in ours okay well watch it then if it's on prime but yeah see what you think of it i wasn't blown away by it oh what else do i watch oh richard attenborough a life on our planet that was good that's on netflix what have you been consuming not a lot this week because i've been crazy busy i'll make up for it next week i (laughs) i don't care I don't care what you watch and don't watch. I need to get to 300, which I, I think oh, I, yeah. I, could, I could easily get to it in a couple of weeks. I'm always giving myself the challenge now to do 365 or 66, <laughs> technically. Well, what are you up to now? I watched six films this week. So you're up to 283? Yeah, something like that. I don't consider Hustlers as a film because I've already watched <laughs> it this year. No, no, it's because it film. I'm not like you with your list. You've You've done rewatches, and all of yeah. my list is just yeah. one time watch. God, you bring this up every time we talk about the list. I know, I know, no, I don't put not... on rewatches. I don't put on. I know. I think that's just my uh, letterbox system that I've got at the moment. Next year, I'll, I'll get a proper Excel sheet and type them down. That's probably what you've got, I'm guessing. Oh, you've done it on. I've, no, I haven't got a spreadsheet for this, for this one, oh. unfortunately. Um, but you've, you're doing it on Letterbox. That's a good idea. I didn't think to do that. Yeah, I've got like a 2020 list, which is public, so anyone can see it. Um, okay, things that I've watched this week. Uh, last night, because I was doing just organising software on my computer, I needed something easy, so <laughs> I watched A Walk to Remember. This sounds familiar. What's What's this? I mentioned it briefly because... When we did the short film app and we were talking about Return of Superman, I mentioned Mandy Moore and she's in this film. And you're like, <laughs> right. and I go, it's, I go, it's romance. And you're like, oh, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> talking to one of our fans because they had watched it uh, this week or, or maybe the previous week. And we're like, oh, I wonder what Dan would feel if we put this on, if we put it on Stitch Up. So it may come. On Stitch Up, we'll see. Is it bad? <laughs> it's just corny romance. Who knows? You might like it. Well, yeah, if I'd have said Boris Johnson would be the Prime Minister five years ago, mate, I'd never have believed myself. So 
Stranger <laughs> Things can happen. Yeah, a few of my films have just been a few easy watches this week. Another one was Crazy Stupid Love. Which hey. Classic. Yeah. Love that film. Surprisingly, hadn't hadn't watched it this year. It was the first time watching it. God, I've even watched it this year. Fifty fifty. Oh, you watched it? Yeah, I ended up watching that film. Uh, obviously, Ferris Bueller, which we'll talk about in a sec. And then I watched a mini series called The Salisbury Poisoning, which happened a couple of years ago in your country. Uh, do you remember that that case to Russian people and um. They got poisoned and then the whole of Salisbury got contaminated. I remember saying about Russian poisoning, <laughs> but that's yeah. as far as my memory, as far as I can remember. Well, this is the thing, because all I remember a couple of years ago that I heard, oh, yeah, there was some um, poisoning of just these two individuals. And I didn't realise that it spread throughout the community because no. uh, when no. they cleaned up their, their sick... It went into the draining system and it kind of spread in a way like that. Also, there was a police officer who went to the house to, you know, investigate how this happened. And because he touched the doorknob, Mm. he then throughout the house, he contaminated and he was quite ill. Out of the people who got sick from it, there was only one death, uh, which is quite amazing because it's very topical because, you know, what's happening in the world at the moment and how, what's, you know, what's happening? COVID dickhead. <laughs> um, silly me. Sorry, I, I am being a dickhead here. <laughs> it's, it's topical. It's topical. It's very topical because mm. it's amazing how it was quite easily spread as well. It's lucky that, you know, there was only one death, which was very unfortunate, which happened a few, I think it happened a few months later in a different suburb because it was a perfume bottle that they found in a dumpster and I think that had the poison in it and she sprayed it on herself and she Fuck. got really, yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it was, it's a four-part series on SBS On Demand here in Australia and it was, quite, it was quite good. I think it's a BBC project. It might be on BBC iPlayer for you guys maybe. Awesome. Let's move on to section two then and talk about our topic. Our topic is friendship. We're going to be talking about hustlers and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. As you chose the topic last time, mm-hmm. it's your turn to do an intro. If you, I mean, we don't always do it. We have done. I'm just, just saying that since we've introduced it, we haven't missed a week yet. So there's a little bit of pressure. Have you, have you prepared anything for us today? I've prepared a couple of little things with this week's Ooh. topic. Oh. <laughs> Instead of doing a quiz immediately, I thought I'd talk about a couple of Hollywood friendships. So Justin Timberlake and Ryan Gosling, they've known each other for like a good 20 years and they met each other on the Mickey Mouse Club during the early 90s. They became really good mates and Gosling had a few issues with, um, with his citizenship. So he was, he stayed with yeah he stayed with Timberlake for a period of time. So he's Canadian, really isn't he, Gosling? Yeah, mm. I'm surprised there's like a, a citizenship problem. I mean, going from the states to Canada or vice versa. You would think it would be easier, wouldn't you? Yeah, it would be like you know New Zealand and Oz or yeah. the UK and Scotland or something. Thank God you said Scotland. I thought he was going to say France. Like, no, don't go topical. Don't go go political. (laughs) 
No Brexit talk, no Brexit yeah. talk. Next one is Leonardo DiCaprio and Tony Maguire. Toby Maguire. Oh, oh what did I what did I say? Tony. Although I, I do prefer I do prefer Tony Maguire. Those gents met like a good twenty five years ago and they used to go to auditions together. And then Kira Knightley and Sienna Miller, they met on The Edge of Love. I don't believe I've seen that film before. I don't believe I have either. Have you got any stories about people that were friends but then became mortal enemies and now fight each other every year in a tournament? No, do you? No. Oh. <laughs> um, and then the last one is also with Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Kate Wentz. So obviously those two met when Titanic on, on that film and, you know, they've been quite good friends ever since. And Kate, when Kate Winslet got married secretly, Leo walked her down the aisle. Now I've got a small, a li- little quick quiz for you to see what you know about me. And this is film-based oh, stuff. Oh, I knew this was coming. But get this, hold on. There's a bit of a, t- there's a, bit of a twist and you, it will work to a, your advantage. So there's five questions. Okay. And I, a few of these questions I think you would know instantly. If you get a question, if I tell you a question and you know the answer, you get two points. If you go to multiple choice to get it correct, you only get one point. If you get six points, there's an advantage to stitch up, which will be, uh, not. it's not for this week, but going forward, you, if you lose a, a film one week and you're like, ah, oh, I don't want to watch this film, so you have to watch your film, Nicole. Then I'll have to watch the Stitch Up film that week. You know, make it a bit fun. You've raised the stakes. Yeah. All right, question one. You should get this one. What was the first film that I saw in cinema? Ever? Yeah. I know that Ghostbusters is your first ever film. Does that jot your memory if I say that? Why, did, why would that jog my memory? I know what my first film was. Why would it jog my memory if you reminded me what my first film was? No, because when I was a guest on your show, I mentioned what my first ever film I watched. I've got, I can't remember that far back, mate. <laughs> that was over a year okay. ago. All right. Well, let's go multiple choice. <laughs> go on. I remember yours, at least. Okay. So um, it was either... Uh, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, or Lion King? Lion King. Correct. (laughs) That's one point to Dan. Which actor did I have a crush on when I was younger? Henry Cavill. (laughs) Was he around when I was younger? Yeah. Was it Matt Damon, Brad Brad Pitt, or Leonardo DiCaprio? I'm going to say... DiCaprio. Correct. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's good. That's two points. That I've never told you that. How am I meant to get it then? <laughs> well, that's only two points if you get it. Now, I thought you would have got the first one, the Lion King one. You expect too much. <laughs> uh, what was my first job title in the media industry? I guess... If I just said, like, art department runner or assistant? No, that's incorrect. I'll give you multiple choice. 
The options are photographer's assistant, art department, or accounts clerk. Oh, photographer's assistant. Yeah, that was my first ever. I, I interned with a photographer. So technically no for that one, but maybe I'll be nice. We'll see. You're making me feel very bad. <laughs> Am I a bad friend? <laughs> no, 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 you're not. You might, you might get this one for two points. What was my first ever television show that I worked on as an art department assistant? Neighbours. That was the last uh, art department job oh, that shit. I ever had. <laughs> Multiple choice. Multiple yeah. choice. Neighbours, house husbands or glitch? I'm going to say house husbands. Correct. I did, <laughs> I did three seasons with house husbands. Bloody hell. I interned on that job and then uh, they got me for the next two seasons. So that was a bit of fun. Last question. This is the last question? Yeah. <laughs> I can't win now, can I? I can't get the six points. Technically not. Maybe I'll be kind. <laughs> we'll see. Can we make this like all or nothing? Winner takes all. All right, let's do that. Let's, let's do that. I'll, I'll be... <laughs> let's do that. Why not? How many films or TV productions have I worked on as an art assistant, not including seasons? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a number out my ass. Are you? You don't want to yeah. go multiple choice. This is all a nice thing, remember? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> multiple choice then. <laughs> I think I've technically got this wrong, but... <laughs> if you can't get it right, what bloody hope have I got? No, no, but I'm going to go with the initial number that I've got on here. Okay, so four, six, or eight? Four. Incorrect. Uh, as an art department assistant, very specifically that job title. Yeah. Uh, technically eight. I would have been wrong anyway, because the number I was going to pull out my ass was four. Well, I'm going to look on your IMDB to confirm this after, after we've recorded. <laughs> I think this whole quiz is, is, a, is, a, is a fix. <laughs> I demand a recount. I don't, Floyd wasn't <laughs> counted properly. <laughs> so fast and I'm very you're not, very you're not getting that you're not getting that, that extra advantage well fuck you back um shall we <laughs> <laughs> right, our friendship well, is fucked after this quiz clearly <laughs> so on next week's topic it's going to be mortal enemies double bill where two we'll watch two <laughs> films about two people who fucking hate each other they used to be friends but now <laughs> just can't stand each other I honestly thought you were going to get that <laughs> sorry um, all right, okay, let's move on to the next bit and we're, where we've actually got to talk about a couple of films. We're going to be talking about Hussars and Ferris Bueller's Day Off as part of our friendship topic. And I think we should start with Hustlers. Let's do Hustlers. Let's hustle some men and take advantage of their cashola. Let's drug them with a, a mixture of MDMA and ketamine. And then if we put on a couple of really sort of saucy low-cut dresses and then take them to a nightclub, we can take their bank card. It never worked, would it? But it did. But it did. Hustlers came out in 2019, quite a recent film for, for us. Uh, don't usually do them. But it was directed by Lorene Scafaria. It's 107 minutes long and it felt a lot longer than 107 minutes long, I must admit. So the synopsis is a crew of savvy former strip club employees band together to turn the tables on their Wall Street clients. And the cast is Constance Wu as Destiny, 
or Dorothy, Jennifer Lopez as Ramona, Julia Stiles as Elizabeth, and Kiki Palmer as Mercedes. And as you mentioned last week, Cardi B is in it. And now I know what Cardi B looks like. So the budget was $21 million and the box office was $157 million. Wow. It did all right. It did, it did all right, didn't it, actually? It did all right. Constance Wu, it's her character, Dorothy, Destiny, working in a strip club, and it's kind of set before the economic crash and after it, mostly after, and about how they yeah. sort of try to maintain a living after that crash, after guys start, stopped coming in and spending money, I guess, um, they sort of decided to mm. start scamming them and drugging them. And it's also about the friendship between Destiny and Ramona. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's... Uh, the, I have to say, like, I didn't love this film, but at least it was a good pick because it, the central theme is about their friendship. And, and the, the story is a very interesting story as well, and particularly like how it's kind of the backdrop is, is the economic crash, which we mentioned. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a very nice um, parallel to run this story alongside uh, Lorraine Scafaria. She also wrote the screenplay um, off the back of reading a, an article uh, I think it was in the New York Times. It was written by Jessica Pressler. I think I've written that down correctly. But Lorraine mm-hmm. had, ri- had read this article and she decided to re- write a, a screenplay. So it's inspired by that article. So like we were talking last week about true stories, how much of it is true, mm. how much of it is embellished, how much of it is perspective, how much of it is artistic license. It's still a very interesting story. I'm glad that it made a lot of money. Like, I would like to see more stories told in this way with all like female leads um female director great you know we need more and i'm glad that it did well so while i didn't love it i am glad that it kind of got a good reception like i'll tell you my main reason i didn't love it right is is the music yeah i fucking hated the music i hated it (laughs) (laughs) and that's a really trivial thing but it really bothered me so you're not a big fan of asher oh god why would you remind (laughs) me of that bit and that song in the, in the club in the club oh. the director wrote his character into this film so i guess that's right. not a completely true part of the story um but he was happy to be a part of it and you know apparently he brought his own chain and shades and jackets from from that era they had a few musicians so obviously cardi b was yeah. another one and um Lizzo, who was the more... Um, A to the Izzo, E to the Lizzo or whatever. <laughs> what, what, what am I saying? She's the more fuller uh, dancer. Okay. According to IMDb, they shot those those three characters that are fe- featured on this film in, in the one day quite a lot, considering. Because yeah. Cardi B, she, she features in it... A, a, a little bit more than Lizzo and Usher. Hmm. She only had like one or maybe two extra scenes though, didn't she? Yeah. But that's still like, usually a film, you only shoot like seven minutes or six, is it more? Maybe it's less than that per day. I've no idea actually, right? Is that, is that the rule of thumb, is it? Yeah, usually something like that. Mind you, this film was shot uh, in 29 days on a low budget which is what you've just said. So maybe that is correct. Who knows? Maybe they just worked a 25-hour day. Yeah, I wanted to know what you thought of this film because mm. when I initially saw it uh, earlier this year, I, I also didn't love it. 
also when I hear reviews and like, oh my God, this film, Hustlers, and, you know, there's a lot of, as you said, a lot of mention about it in Oscar, like the Oscars and around that season. Um, and I watched it and I was like, oh, it's all right. But then I watched it the second time and I was like, oh, it's actually quite funny. It's basically a female-based film, which is great. It's fantastic. It is great. And I, and I was thinking about this as well. Like uh, I couldn't think of a single male character that's either like a good person or is not a moron. <laughs> like They're all idiots, I like think... the bloke who jumps off the roof in the house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had drugged him, to be fair. So Yeah, so like he wasn't in the right state of mind. I guess the last guy who, um, so he, I guess he was kind of a more innocent kind of guy, but at the same yeah. time, I guess yeah. he used to go to the clubs as well and maybe was a bit, it's a bit yeah. sketchy, maybe in some way. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, you're right. You are right, though. Like I was thinking, there were no male characters that were kind of presented in a in a nice way. Uh, I'm not yeah. complaining about that. I don't. I don't give a shit. I just thought it was interesting. But I'm wrong. I think because, like you say, he was quite an innocent sort of character, wasn't he? Or he seemed to be. He was yeah. presented that way. I'm really surprised they didn't serve any um, any jail time. I don't think. Uh, well, they on the end of the film, it said that a couple of them, one or two of them did a weekend jail time I think I can't remember who it was but I think didn't the main two Ramona and Destiny they escaped jail time entirely I think and I I can't remember their real names I know the real Ramona I know her real name is Samantha Barbush because I've I've watched a couple of interviews actually she was not happy about this film at all she she hated it that's interesting she she didn't want Jennifer Lopez playing her, or this, she said that she would prefer to have Cardi B. Actually, funnily enough, I think she her complaint seemed to be more about how her character was presented. So she okay. wasn't very happy about the drug scene that we mentioned earlier. She said, "No, that was made up. That never happened." She's actually filed a lawsuit against Jennifer Lopez, <laughs> Lopez's production company, not Jennifer Lopez personally, uh, for forty million dollars, which I think is kind of ongoing at the moment. So she oh. pissed. Let's hope she doesn't listen to this podcast and sue us as well. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> okay, hell. Well, we ain't got 40 million quid, mate, have we? <laughs> she have my contents of my penny jar. I get about £4.50. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hustlers. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was a very good film. I thought it was a very good film, but I fucking hated the music and it totally ruined it for me. Um, and that's trivial, I know, but just for my own enjoyment, I can't give this. It's, this is a seven. I also agree with you. I think this is a seven out of ten film. Well, let's move on to Ferris Bueller, shall we? Classic. Yes. Hey, bada 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 bada. Swing bada. <laughs> swing bada. Life moves pretty fast, Nicole. Doesn't it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> I had seen this in years, and I really enjoyed watching it again. Me too. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So Ferris Bueller's Day Off, it came out in 1986 and it was directed by John Hughes. It's 103 minutes long. The tagline on Letterboxd is one man struggled to take it easy. It's about a kid that, that bunks off school for a day and he takes his mate with him and his, and his girlfriend and they go off into Chicago in uh, his friend's dad's car. Matthew Broderick plays Ferris Bueller. Alan Ruck plays Cameron. And Mia Sara plays Sloane. Sloane, hello, hurry along, Sloane, dear. Matthew Boddick, I mean, he. I don't think there's anyone else that could have played Ferris Bueller, really. He's perfect in that role. 
apparently before he did Ferris Bueller he did another role or another couple of roles where he'd speak to the audience during a play so he was used to doing that it did feel very natural obviously Deadpool does it quite well Deadpool references Ferris Bueller as well yeah yeah (laughs) I remember (laughs) that when I when I watched that scene when is it he just gets out of the shower doesn't he and Mm. I saw that scene I'm like oh yeah that's in Deadpool yeah have you heard the, the, the i was going to say conspiracy theory but it's about a film you can't really call anything about a film a conspiracy theory can you it's just someone putting far too much fault into ferris bueller's day off apparently there's a there's a theory going around that uh, everything is in cameron's head so he he's made up ferris bueller it's like oh. a, an imaginary friend because he's so repressed just nervous and neurotic he's created this imaginary person that can do anything and is really popular and you know like charming because he's the complete opposite of that and it i mean it's a fun thing to think about isn't it it could be a theory no i know i've Mm. never heard of this i've never heard of it until you've just you've just mentioned it now so may have to watch ferris bueller and analyze it again to see what i think about that theory it might be interesting to watch it with that thought because there's a few things that happen in it, like when he's in the in bed and there's all these pills and drugs and whatever. Yeah. Take my Cameron home. He, he's like speaking to Ferris on a on the answer phone, and they finish the call because because Ferris says to Cameron, you know, come on, come on over and Get pick here. me up. And, yeah, and Cameron says no. Yeah, and then they had the conversation ends, and then Cameron says. Uh, I feel really sick or something like that. And then the phone rings again and he says, you're not sick. You just can't think of anything to do. Yeah. 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 So that theory kind of makes sense in like those little aspects. That's what I mean. There are, there are things that happen in this film. And to be honest, I think that John Hughes probably just put that in because it's funny. I haven't watched this. Yeah. I said, I haven't watched this in in probably over 10 years. And I, I completely forgot actually, but as you know, the house where he lives or where, yeah, sorry, Ferris Bueller's house. So where he's set up all of yeah. his stuff, all of his like mm-hmm. uh, fake snoring and stuff. I've been to that house. You've been to the house? Yeah, I haven't been inside it. But yeah, I've been to the house. It's in, in Long Beach in California. But I, yeah, I spent about uh, two hours dragging my mates around trying to find this house. And uh, we saw it, took a photo. Of Brilliant. It. Like, oh, I'm done now. Cause so it's just a house. Someone just lives there. And it's weird, like, yeah. go and take photos of it. I bet people, I bet they get it all the time. How did you find it? Is it just like a regular thing that you can find online or? Yeah, just Google Google like movie filming locations or be more specific. I think I was looking for that house specifically because I'd yeah. heard that it was in California. And I, when I was going to California, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to try and find this house then. So, you know, the parade scene, mm. I love I love that scene. It's a lot of fun. It's a good scene. You know, you see cutaways, you know, of the the window cleaners dancing and you know other parts of the crowds you know having a bit of fun apparently that wasn't uh initially in the film they were just recording them dancing to the to the music in the background and they thought oh this would be a bit of fun so they added that in as well as um that scene at the start where Ferris picks up a clarinet and starts playing it he's like oh yeah I, i know clarinet really well yeah. Um, and someone on set uh, just found this clarinet and Matthew Broadwick was like, oh, yeah, I know how to play clarinet. And obviously he didn't and it was perfect. Yeah. So that was that was all improv. So that was kind of funny. Apparently they were they knew each other. Matthew Broderick and Anne Ruck were working together, I think, when Broderick got the call for yeah. Ferris Bueller, which would explain some of the some of the chemistry and stuff and the improvisation, how they were able to sort of, sort of improvise improvised so well i obviously loved this film as a kid 
So I was always really surprised when in the 90s you didn't see much of Matthew Broderick or Alan Ruck, really. I, I remember one yeah. or two things that Broderick was in, but Alan Ruck, really, I remember, only remember him popping up in Speed and ah. uh, Old Iron and Spin City oh, yeah. was in that, in that uh, sitcom with Michael J. Fox, uh, which I used to enjoy that, actually. Did you use yeah. that? Yeah, I did. And then um, Michael J. Fox's character changed with uh, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, I, that does sound right. Yeah, I think I, I think I stopped watching it after that because I, I really enjoyed um, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, and Alan, I think Alan Ruck's character was quite a snarky character in it, and I remember quite enjoying it. You remember at the start of lockdown, you know, um, Josh Gad, he's been doing these reunion things with with people on YouTube, and he gets old cast members from like Back to the Future and the Ghostbusters, and he'd done Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And I'd heard about yeah. this a few months ago when he did it, but I have no, not watched any of them. But I watched one last night. I watched the Ferris Bueller one last night, and that was nice to see them all back together again. And they had everyone. They had um, Broderick, they had Alan Ruck, they had Mia Sara, they had uh, Ferris Bueller's parents, uh, who actually they who, who were yeah they're they're they were an actual real couple and they were married and i think only recently well, that they got divorced but yeah they were yeah they were married when they shot this film they got they they met on set oh wow yeah that's okay. that's what i heard that's what i heard, i heard anyway but it was quite amusing on the stream because when they said oh we've got their first parents coming on now and i was thinking to myself i wonder if they're going to be on the same zoom call or whether they're going to have separate locations and it was separate so i was like oh yeah they've broken yeah. up then matthew broderick was engaged to jennifer gray oh we didn't mention jennifer gray who's also in this film who plays genie Ferris Bueller's sister. Who is in Dirty Dancing. Who is in Dirty Dancing. You can't put Baby in the corner. No, you Baby can't. Because Baby will just fucking dance the shit out of everything and show <laughs> she's not a baby. That's been on Stitch Up, hasn't it? Yes, that's been Did done already. Yeah. Yes, I had to watch it. <laughs> I don't have to ever watch it again. It's finished, mate. Finito. But yeah, Jennifer Grey, she's also in this. Uh, and she's great in this. She's brilliant in this as uh, as Jeannie, yeah. as the, ang- the angry sister. But yeah, Matthew Broderick and, and Jennifer Grey had been engaged. I think they, again, I think they met on this film and they were engaged for a little bit afterwards. But it was fun to see them all on the Zoom call. And they even had the teacher. I want to say that his real name is Ben Stein. The Bu- Bueller, Bueller. I couldn't remember if it's Eric or Ben. It's a Stein. Ben's, I'm pretty Ben's sure it's Ben. Uh, and he wasn't an actor before before this film. He was just kind of mates no. with someone. Did you hear this as well? Well, I heard that he um, his profession he he was in economics, and in the in the class that he teaches is is about that. So yeah. it's just about his his general knowledge about this topic, and everyone's fucking bored by it. <laughs> yeah. Anyone? 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 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, li- I liked the other teacher as well. Do you know what I realised watching this film is how much I quote it and I didn't even know. I didn't even mm. know. Like um, the other teacher who, who's, who's really boring as well and he goes, in what way? And they do the same thing as they cut to the class just looking completely bored, shitless and dribbling and everything. I really like, I enjoyed all those classroom scenes and it's kind of more realistic to what school was. I think I, I remember just sitting there what felt like forever sometimes in geography. The teacher just saying things at you and you're like, when is this going to end? Am I going to be here forever? It really captured that feeling quite well. So um, yeah, no, no surprise really. I really enjoy this film. Uh, it's, a, it's a nine out of 10 for me. Everything works in this film. The the characters, the actors, the just. The, why there's not much of a storyline i find it very appealing and like easy to watch simple storyline yeah you put it on in the background i could watch individual scenes 
Um, I've hailed just filming High Regard ever since I was a kid, so I just really enjoy it and a nostalgia factor as well. So, like, it's a, yes, a nine out of ten for me, like, no question. I'm going to give this an eight point five out of ten. Let's move on from Ferris Bueller's Day off to the next part, where we've got to pick our films for next week. And this time, it's my turn to choose the topic. As next week, our episode is going to be coming out. As technically our Halloween episode is going to be out like five days before Halloween or, or something like that. But we're going to call it a Halloween episode. So I wanted to go for something a bit darker. And I was talking earlier about having fallen down a Scientology rabbit hole. So put on your favourite robe, dust off your copy of Dianetics and prepare a pubic pie as we choose films to watch. Well, I've got cults in. So I've got three. You've got three. We're going to knock two out of each other's lists to come up with a final one each. Number one is The Endless. Okay. My second pick is Apostle. And my third pick is The Reef. It's so not. (laughs) It's it's The Reef. It's a shark cult. It's a shark cult. How is this a cult film? Because they're mates that are also in in a cult about sharks and they go and they fall off into the river and in shark shark river sharky cult river yes isn't it <laughs> no i'm joking jo- are you being serious oh good <laughs> my last my third pick is midsummer <laughs> of course it's midsummer what else is it gonna be fucking love that movie okay what are your what are your three what are you going for mate i had a, i had a puzzle and midsummer on a, <laughs> i had a quite a big i had a quite a big list this week because i wasn't too sure what to go for uh, with this topic. Yeah. Okay. I think. I, yes. I'm gonna go for. Oh, that's right. I'll watch that. Oh, I, I actually got endless on here too. I'll just sit here all day, shall I? <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Oh, bow, oh, no. All right. What you got? That's number Wang. Come on. What you got? Um, <laughs> number Wang is. Hereditary. Two Ari Aster films on the list. Mm. Alrighty. My second pick is Ritual. And number three, I'll go with Us. Let's do a recap then. So I've got The Endless, Apostle and Midsummer, and you chose Hereditary, The Ritual and Us. For once, I know all of your films and I have seen all of your films. And I have yet yeah. to see any of your films, but I've been meaning to watch Midsummer and Endless. I'm going to knock out Apostle. Don't ask me why, but... Um, All right, yeah. I'm going to ask you. <laughs> oh, two, two. No, I'm um, <laughs> What are you going right. to knock out of mine? I'm going to knock out... Oh... I do know. I'm going to knock out Us. I really like Us. I think it's a really good film, but I don't think it's got a cult in it. It, it, it doesn't? Have you seen okay. it? You've not seen it? I've not seen it. I know it's um, no. the problem makers of... We watched this film on the pod. Get out. Get out, yeah. Yeah, it's Jordan Peele. Maybe it's saying too much to say that it's not got a cult in it, but it's, 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 I don't think it's cult, cult. It's got similar sort of... It's got culty vibes. But it's not culty, culty. Yeah, that's what I meant. Hmm. Culty vibes. Careful how many times you say cult, culty. It might sound sound like something else, mate. It's only one letter out, isn't it? <laughs> culty, culty, cultison. All right. So to recap, then we're now left with the endless and midsummer from my list, and hereditary and the ritual 
in your list. Okay, so The Endless. It came out in 2017. It's 112 minutes long. It was directed by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. And the synopsis reads, two brothers return to the cult that they fled from years ago to discover that the group's beliefs may be more sane than they once thought not seen anything quite like it before and it's a good film and my next pick was Midsummer. if you've got any questions about these then just fire fire them away um because i've i have seen both of these so i may be able to answer it no it's fine i already i kind of already know what i may choose but all right i'll just burn through it then just formality at this point Midsummer, directed by ari Aster, <laughs> 2019 148 minutes long the tagline letterbox is let the festivities begin and then the synopsis reads several friends travel to sweden to study as anthropologists the summer festival that is held every 90 years in a remote hometown of one of them what begins as a dream vacation in a place where the sun never sets gradually turns into a dark nightmare as the mysterious inhabitants invite them to participate in their disturbing festive activities i've been meaning to see this film i'm I remember seeing billboards last year for this film and, you know, we've, we've spoken about it at work and it's on Prime here, so it's easy for me to, to watch this film, but I have just haven't had the moment to sit down and watch it, so... I, I'm, I, I know what you're choosing, but let's, let's keep the illusion running. What, what, um, what films... Tell me about Hereditary. Hereditary, directed by Ari Aster. It, uh, came out in 2018, 127 minutes long. Tagline is, every family tree hides a secret. And synopsis is, when Helen, the matriarch of the Graham family, passes away, her daughter's family begins to unravel cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry. Hmm. If we talk about ancestry, about me next week might be interesting choosing this film. So The Ritual, directed by David Bruckner, that came, uh, came out in 2017, 94 minutes long. Tagline is, your darkest dream awaits you. And synopsis is, a group of college friends reunite for a trip to the forest but encountered an immersing presence in the wood that stalks them. I'm sort of torn between your 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 two. Um, Hereditary is is was directed by Ari Aster, which you mentioned, but also he also directed Midsummer. So he did Hereditary and he did Mid Midsummer the year the year after. I prefer Midsummer, but they're both good films. Mm-hmm. They're both really heavy films, tough to watch. Yeah, I think I've just talked myself into what way I'm going to go with yours. Uh, I'm going to knock out. I'm going to knock out Hereditary. Number one. It's Ari Aster, and I, I don't, want to, don't want to do two Ari Aster films. Who says that I'm going Midsummer? Oh, I'm sorry, you may <laughs> you may not go Midsummer. I will, <laughs> of course. And the ritual, the ritual is 94 minutes long, and yeah, so it's not as long. It's it's not as long, and if you do oh. happen to go for Midsummer, that is a long film. That's a two and a half hour film. Yeah. Yeah. So time basically is my reasoning. So I'm knocking out. Hereditary, and we're going to keep the ritual. What are you going to go for out of mine? You've got The Endless or, or Midsummer? I've been meaning to watch Midsummer for quite some time, and I'm, even though it's bastard long and I, I am str- I struck for time a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, this, this week I'm going to choose Midsummer. All right, so you're going to knock out The Endless and keep Midsummer. Yeah. Awesome. So next week then for our films with cults in movies with cults theme we'll word it later we're going to be watching midsummer and the ritual 
uh, and also set aside a whole afternoon for midsummer and maybe arrange like a massage or some yoga for afterwards something that's going to relax you and put you in a good place mentally just what have a hot bath after watching this film and be like oh yeah yeah have a hot bath <laughs> yeah. um honorable mentions so i i did something a little bit different this week we've got uh, our own instagram page now and i put a question out on a story and oh, i just said yeah. what are some of your films that have got cults in that you like that you want to mention and um so i'm just going to read out a couple of those suggestions so track listing podcast is a podcast that i listen to um and they suggested the endless which i chose mm-hmm. and mandy the nicholas cage film i've got that on my honorable mentions have you too yeah it's crazy have you seen it it's no i might <sighs> watch it this because i i feel like i don't have such a big horror uh there's not many horror films that I've seen, so... You've got a gore hole. We established this a few weeks ago, didn't we? Yes, I've got a massive gore hole. You know I'm going to put that on the blurb, don't you? I'm going to put that on the episode right up. That's going straight in the first bit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go. 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 That's going to be a thing now. She put, yeah, that, she put that on a mug. Imagine, imagine that on a mug <laughs> yeah. at work. <laughs> yeah, I might get it for you. You've got to take it to work on your new, on your new job. Yeah. Um, oh, dear. So you've got a gore hole. We've just done 12 <laughs> minutes on gore hole. There's not many horror slash gore films that I've seen. So yeah. and being Halloween, I'm going to try and watch as many as I can. So we had a couple more suggestions. Uh, both Rosie and Sarah from Radio Gore Press, they both suggested The Invitation. Okay. Also got that on my list as well. Yeah. I think you chose it a little while ago as one of our picks. It might have been single location, maybe, or, or um, yeah. something like I that. I think so. And... Film Foods, they also mentioned The Invitation. And I never heard of this one, but that they also mentioned a film called Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. I looked it up. I looked it up. And I've started doing what you did a, a little while ago. And I've created a letterboxed account with all of these films in. So I'm going to do, do what you did. And I'm going to unlock it once this episode comes out. We'll try and get all of them in that in that list. That's all of the uh, suggestions we got from, uh, from the guys on Instagram. What honourable mentions did you have, mate? We've mentioned Invitation and Mandy, Rosemary's Baby. Never seen that. It was on a cult list, so I wasn't 100% sure if it was or not, but I put it on as a possibility, as well as The Wicker Man. Which version? The 1973 version. So the Edward Woodward. Edward. Edward Edward Woodward. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck? Woodchuck, woodchuck, wood. It depends how much woodchucking he could get done in. Like, if you measure like an hour of woodchucking, you could probably estimate how much more he could woodchuck. So much rambling, this <laughs> up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tell me about. It. I've got to edit this bastard. <laughs> um, what else you got? That's that's it. I've got a couple of my own ones. A couple of them we've already mm-hmm. mentioned, but I'm just going to quickly read off the ones that I had and, and really wanted to choose a couple of them. The Sacrament, uh, Red State. Oh, yeah. 
is a really good Kevin Smith film. I had The Ritual on there, The Master, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because of the stuff that happens in Yes. And that's it. That's all of my honourable mentions for films with cults. All right. Let's, I guess, move on to the stitchery uppery part of this. I had to, I lost a poll last week just for a change and I had to watch Zoombies. (laughs) And Zoombies, it came out in 2016 and it's an asylum film and it's 90 minutes long. So they had that going for it. It was quite short. It was directed by Glenn Miller, not that one. And the tagline on letterbox is uncaged undead synopsis reads when a strange virus quickly spreads through a safari park and turns all the zoo animals undead those left in the park must stop the creatures before they escape and zombify the whole city yeah so i found found this on amazon prime they really love their asylum films they they, they seem to have every asylum film i ever searched but it's Mm. great because i I think amazon's very much the place where our stitch up films are going to be the next one for you isn't on amazon it's somewhere else entirely but we'll get to that uh, it made me laugh it, instantly it made me laugh right because yeah. the asylum logo, logo comes up and then just immediately they just had like monkey noises and like and like lion sounds immediately and I thought this is this might be a classic this might be another mega piranha <laughs> but it wasn't good. it was nowhere near as good fuck you <laughs> uh, just because I didn't know how many times you've been an art department assistant <laughs> So yeah, I I thought I was going to quite enjoy it, um, but I didn't in the end, unfortunately. It's about a wildlife park, a zoo, if you hadn't guessed that already, and murderous animals. So the first thing is we see we're introduced to a bunch of scientists that are working with this monkey, and obviously the monkey's been infected, think sort of 28 days later at the start of that. Think 28 days later meets Jurassic Park. And yeah, so we're introduced to all these scientists who are carrying out these tests on monkeys and they find out one of them's sick, blah, blah, blah. So the monkey just tears out someone's eyeballs. There were some all right kills in this. And initially, some of the CG on the monkeys, I thought was all right. It weren't too bad until they sort of started interacting with the human characters. And then you could really see that it was a prop. Like you could really see like, it's like a puppet that they just picked on. They're just like, it's just flailing all over the place. Yeah. So it looks like they're holding a wet sock. But <laughs> it's, it's basically just about this, this, this wildlife park. And it's not open to the public yet. They've just been setting it up. And there's this group of interns on a bus and they're making their way into the, into the wildlife park. So you've got the setup, the first 20 minutes, uh, you've got a setup of them coming into the park, introducing you to all of the, like, the park rangers and stuff. One of them... <laughs> This is, this is like after about 20 minutes, half hour, um, one of them, at the main character, actually says, this is not Jurassic Park. And I was thinking, no. No, this is not Jurassic Park, is it? It's definitely not Jurassic Park. I've, I ain't got too much to say about this. Like I, was, I was kind of, like I said, I was kind of optimistic at the start, hoping that it was going to be an enjoyably bad film, but it just ended up being quite bad. And I think it was probably, it was slightly better quality, like in terms of the filmmaking than uh, Mega Piranha, but it mm-hmm. was just a bit dull. Like uh, the acting was flat. It, it felt quite serious. Like they were trying to like build tension and there weren't many funny moments in it. I feel like Mega Piranha, if, if you've got a, a scene in a film where you're kicking giant fish out of the air, you know that it's, you're not taking it very seriously. And I, it should be the same with a, a film about zombie animals. 
but it did feel like it was taken a bit more seriously. And there's kind of like a Lara Croft character. She's called, she's like a park ranger and she's called Leslie. There's a point in the film where there's another character called Rex, right? And he's another park ranger. But I swear there's a point where he's sacrificing himself that he refers to her as Lizzie, not Leslie. She's quite clearly called mm. Leslie because they do, they're quite explicit. They do show you a name badge of everybody as they're introducing the characters, which I very yeah. much appreciate. But I, I reread it a couple of times. I'm, I'm sure he says Lizzie. It was kind of hard to hear, but I, I thought, is that like the best take that they had? But early on in the film, you, during the setup, we see a zip line, right? So it did quite a good job at the start of the film, the first half hour, of setting everything up, introducing the characters, and then setting up like the zip line and various things they're going to use throughout the film. And I was kind of, I kind of, I was really looking forward to what they were going to do with this zip line. Obviously, they're going to try and use it to escape. And at one point, the character, I think it's Rex, says, "No, under no circumstances can you use that zip line because it's not ready yet." Hmm. Of course, they have to use it. What other choice have they got? And they get on the zip, yeah. they get on the zip line, and it. It weren't worth the wait. A bit like this review, probably. <laughs> but they get they get on the they get on the zip line and it's they do close ups of the rope. They had a lot of close ups of the characters and you could tell it was like a lot of green screen stuff. <laughs> I've just written down for some reason marsupial meadows, um, which was the name of a section of the park. There were no there were no stereotypical Australian hunters in this, which surprised me a lot. Actually, usually there is in a film like this, but it did have. It did have zombie giraffes. It did have zombie gorillas. It did have zombie monkeys. It had zombie koalas. The drop bears. Yeah, that's that's technically a drop bear. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it had zombie drop bears in it. Struggle, struggle, bitey human, fatal accident, chest bursty alien, but not alien, really a monkey scene. It weren't the worst stitch up I've ever seen, but it's no mega piranha. I'm going to give it 2.5 Justice Leagues. I actually wrote down three Justice Leagues, um, to be honest with you. That's what I've got written down on my notes, but I'm just not very excited talking about it. So it can't be a three. I can't. That's way too generous. Two and a half Justice Leagues is as much as it gets. Well, let's move on then, shall we? Because I don't want to talk about Zoombies anymore. Let's move on to the poll. To be fair, I I forgot to vote and I, I... Haven't looked at the poll since I've done it, so I've got no clue who has won or lost. Give me one sec. No clue. No, I, I'm actually, I'm actually being completely honest. I, I think I was too distracted with important things. No, the poll is very important. <laughs> How dare you? So, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, does it tell me who voted? You love keeping me in suspense, don't you? So there was a total of eight votes, um, and it was it was a landslide. Well, what were the films? I can't remember what films we. Oh yeah, of course. For each other. So the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I picked for you "Romance on the Menu." Oh god, that was. And it, you yeah. picked. <laughs> and for me, you chose "Birdemic." Which initially I had this on my stitch up list for you, and um, the person who suggested it to uh, for me to give to you has voted against me and said Birdemic. So uh, thank you, old housemate. Cheers, Sylph. Cheers, Sylph. But it's okay because you're watching Romance on the Menu. <laughs> Fuck off! I knew this was coming anyway. <laughs> Romance on the pissing menu. Oh, and it's bad. It's not. The best reviews on, on the letterboxed. 
All right. So romance on the menu. Um, Birdemic is now struck off Stitch Up. No, lo- no more shall it be picked or ever considered for Stitch Up. Mm. Okay. Um, I've, um, I usually in advance go through my list and say, what am I going to choose for you? And I've been trying to be particular to find it on a streaming service. And this is the first one out of my list that I found. It's not... Okay. It's not too bad. What I'm choosing for you is get a job. Get a job. <laughs> you picked it on the basis that it's just meant to be a terrible film. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just 2.1, which is not bad compared to other films I've got on Stitch Up. Okay. For you, I am picking a film what is called Breaking Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds great. It sounds like so much fun. Is this is it one of those films? It sounds a little bit like a softcore pornography film, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> Freaking Barbie! It, it, it may be. It may be. Um, I've watched a few clips of it, and it's it's a little bit saucy. I don't. I, I don't. I wouldn't count it as a, <laughs> a softcore <laughs> pornography film, but it looks a little bit saucy. There's there's some really? sections where characters are, are removing various pieces of clothing, and that's both male and females. So. I might, it, may, it sounds like I've watched a lot of it. I haven't. I really just put it on to see if it's available. I'll just skip through it um, to see what it, what it was like. Breaking Barbie. Brilliant. I'm hoping that I'm losing next week. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you lose as well, mate. So for the next poll then, it's going to be Breaking Barbie for you versus Get a Job for Me. Uh, it's my turn to put the poll on, so I shall do yeah. that. We'll definitely put it on the Twin Picks Instagram at some point, but at the moment I'm going to keep it on, on my Instagram. Your personal, uh, yeah, cool. on on my personal one, on my personal Instagram account, oh, which is flickerface at Instagram dot com. Is that is what you say? Is it dot com? You don't have to say that. Flick, do they say at flick dot face. At flick As if I haven't done this fifty three times before. <laughs> I really should have this down by now. <laughs> you should. I, should. I really should. Um, yeah, but if you want to catch up with the show, it's um, it's at Twin Picks Pod on Instagram and email a show at twinpixpod at gmail.com. Where can we catch up with you, Nicole? You can find me on Instagram at Chica Nika or Nika Creative. And that's about it. Au revoir, Mr. Norris. Goodbye, Norris. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll catch up with you next week. Bye. Bye.